48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. Experts say they recommend fully vaccinated rivals be tested for COVID antibodies so the quarantine period can be cut to just seven days. Tycoon Ronnie Chan says he hopes all schools in Hong Kong will primarily use Mandarin for teaching. And President Joe Biden is withdrawing a series of Trump executive orders that sought to ban new downloads of WeChat and TikTok. COVID vaccination experts advising the government say they're recommending that fully vaccinated rivals be tested for COVID antibodies so the quarantine period can be cut to just seven days. They also want them to undergo a week of medical surveillance and for them to be tested every two to three days. One of the expert advisers, David Hoy, listed the criteria that vaccinated rivals would have to meet for a quarantine cut. They need to prove that they have received the full vaccination certificate. They need to be tested negative on PCR. And we also add on the antibody to, to see that he does have antibody response to the vaccination. So that's the border control issue. The panel also said it supported lowering the minimum age for the BioNTech vaccine to 12 from 16, with vaccinations starting this month. Hong Kong reported four COVID cases today, all of them imported. Tycoon Ronnie Chan said he hopes all schools in Hong Kong will primarily use Mandarin for teaching as the city tries to tap into what he described as ample opportunities on the mainland. As Priscilla Ung reports, he said the SAR's next generation should dream the Chinese dream in Putonghua. Speaking at a forum to discuss development in Shanghai and Hong Kong, Ronnie Chan said the introduction of the national security law has provided the SAR with the best opportunities and that it's important to now focus on winning people's heart and minds and solidifying the patriotic forces within the city. The chairman of Hanglong Group said while it is nice for the country to have Hong Kong in the development process, there is no big deal if the SAR is left out of the picture. Hong Kong should no longer look at issues from its own perspective or be self-complacent. That's because most of the opportunities are on the mainland. Hong Kong people need to learn to think from the country's perspective. They also need to ask themselves, who needs who more? In the past, Hong Kong people used to learn English, but now they need to strengthen their Putonghua skills. While Cantonese should be preserved like any other dialect, Hong Kongers need to speak good Mandarin for the sake of the city's economic future. Mr. Chan stressed it's impossible for the mainland to stop and wait for Hong Kong, and it is up to people here to do what's needed to keep up with the country's pace of development. The White House says President Joe Biden is withdrawing a series of executive orders that sought to ban new downloads of WeChat and TikTok while ordering a new Commerce Department review of security concerns posed by those apps. John Wong reports. The administration of former President Donald Trump had attempted to block new users from downloading the apps and ban other technical transactions that Chinese-owned TikTok and WeChat both said would effectively block their use in the United States. The courts blocked those orders that never took effect. President Biden's new executive order revokes the WeChat and TikTok orders, along with other in January that targeted eight other communications and financial technology software applications. A separate U.S. national security review of TikTok remains ongoing. China has hit back at a bill passed by the U.S. Senate that aimed, that's aimed at countering what Washington sees as the surging economic threat from Beijing. Priscilla Ong has more. 
The United States Innovation and Competition Act is said to represent America's largest investment in scientific research and technological innovation in generations. More than 170 billion U.S. dollars will be pumped into research and development. It's aimed to address, for example, a shortage of semiconductors that slowed U.S. auto production this year. Another goal is to boost research in areas such as artificial intelligence and quantum science. President Joe Biden said, we're in a competition to win the 21st century, and the starting gun has gone off, while one senator called it an opportunity to counter unfair competition from China. The National People's Congress Foreign Affairs Committee said the bill was full of Cold War mentality and ideological prejudice. It also says the bill shows that the paranoid delusion of egoism has distorted the original intention of innovation and competition. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is five minutes past 11. Pro-Beijing New People's Party said it is offering prizes and vouchers worth $1 million in a lucky draw aimed at boosting the city's COVID-19 inoculation rate. But the event would be limited to staff, party members and what the organisation calls Friends of the New People's Party. As Francis Sitt reports, party chairwoman Regina Ip denied the campaign was politically motive. Friends of MPP means people who have expressed an interest in the party and have agreed to receive its updates, but haven't yet joined as members. When asked by reporters whether the lucky draw is meant to boost party membership or increase its chances in upcoming elections, Chairwoman Regina Ibs stressed the campaign is not aimed at promoting her party, nor has it anything to do with the chief executive election next year. Mrs. Ib, who is also an executive councillor, said Hong Kong people are very smart and would not support anybody just for the prices. We are following the practices of other organisers. For example, a lot of corporations are limiting participants to those who have joined their malls, their reward scheme. Although I think our prices are quite attractive, they are limited in numbers. So we thought it would be better if we limit the applicants, the eligible persons, to people who have a connection with us. The star prize for the draw is an antique watch from Mrs. Ib, who claims to have bought it to celebrate her promotion in the 90s. Other gifts include jewelry, laptops, mobile phones, loose tea, body checks, as well as dining and coffee vouchers. Those eligible must sign up for the draw by August the 31st. Secretary for Justice Theresa Chang has dismissed concerns that her proposal to allow legal officers in her department to attain the title of senior counsel will blur the distinction between solicitors and barristers. As Timmy Sung reports, the Chief Justice says the change the Justice Chief says the change is needed as some of her colleagues aren't getting the recognition they deserve. Theresa Chang said that at the Department of Justice, solicitors and barristers will do similar types of work including being to argue cases in court. Why then, she asks, aren't her colleagues being rewarded in the same way? Why is it that my colleagues in the Department of Justice, who are by their qualification a solicitor, but actually arguing very well and very efficiently with great eloquence and advocacy in the Court of Final Appeal, are not being recognized when they are actually even better than the counterparts? And that has always been something that sometimes troubled me. And for that reason, I've always been thinking how we're going to overcome that problem. At the moment, only barristers can be promoted to the prestigious rank of senior counsel in recognition of their ability and standing. She has reportedly already asked the Bar Association, the city's professional body for barristers, for support for the change, 
but the idea has already drawn some criticism from a few prominent senior councils. The Justice Chief says her proposal will not change the requirements of what qualifies someone to take silk, namely their ability, knowledge of the law, standing and the experience. Approval of the Chief Justice, the Bar Association Chairman and President of the Law Society will also still be needed. Ms Cheng adds that once government solicitors leave the administration, they will also lose the title of senior counsel. The International Monetary Fund says Hong Kong's financial system remains resilient to financial shocks despite the challenges that the city has faced over the past two years. But as Francis Sitt reports, it's also identified a number of areas that may undermine the stability of this system. In its latest financial system stability assessment, the IMF noted that sound policies, ample buffers and strong oversight have kept Hong Kong's system strong. However, it identified extensive linkages to the mainland, stretch real estate valuation and exposure to shifts in global and domestic risk sentiment as the main risk for the city's economy. Risk to the financial system can manifest from a prolonged COVID-19 pandemic, a further slowdown in mainland China, a sharp rise in global risk premium compounded by escalating U.S.-China tensions, and a sharp housing market correction, it said in the report. The international group added that there are also pockets of vulnerabilities in foreign bank branches, investment funds, households and non-financial corporates. Its recommendations include enhancing oversight over banking groups that have both foreign branches and local subsidiaries in Hong Kong, as well as monitoring people's debt repayment capacity. The group also highlighted the importance for Hong Kong to preserve its rule of law, saying it's directly linked to public confidence in its financial sector. In response, the SAR government welcomed the report, saying it reaffirmed Hong Kong's position as an international financial centre. Financial Secretary Paul Chan said the city will continue to reinforce its core strengths and identify new areas of growth to ensure long-term competitiveness and prosperity. The Tokwang Wan District Councillor says the MTR Corporation has not done an appropriate job of displaying ancient artefacts at the new Sung Wong Toy Station. Relics dating back seven centuries to the Sung Yun Dynasty were found during construction of the station and the corporation had promised to display some of the finds on site. Ken Zung and other councillors visited the station today ahead of its opening as part of the Toon Ma Line later this month. He said he was disappointed. To avoid the construction being delayed, the way they did it is just cover it up, to ignore it. And the government actually they allowed them to ignore all the discovery. So things is still under the soil. They discover a well, which is from the Song Yun dynasty. Even they show it in the future, it's just one well. They discover much more than that. Former pro-establishment lawmaker Philip Wong has died at the age of 82. He reportedly succumbed to brain cancer and had been in a coma in hospital in the United States over the past two months. So Wong reports. Born in Fujian in 1938, Philip Wong was a veteran lawmaker who served in the Legislative Council both before and after the handover from 1991 to 2012. He was best remembered for raising his middle finger at thousands of protesters who had gathered outside the council building to oppose the planned introduction of Article 23 national security legislation in July 2003. He came under severe criticism from all sectors of society and later had to apologize for his conduct. 
Apart from his role as a lawmaker, Mr. Wong also served as a deputy to the National People's Congress and had been awarded the Gold Bohemia Star Medal in 2003. In a statement, Chief Executive Carrie Lam expressed deep sorrow over his passing and extended her condolences to his family. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Tian also said he's saddened by the news. I always thought that he would go on for a long time because he's very energetic, very healthy, and most importantly, he is one of the few people in this circle that I think never has any enemies. He makes friends with everyone. He's very hospitable. I think he is very, very well liked. Mr. Wong is survived by his wife and three children. U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan has accused Russia and China of coercing and intimidating countries into accepting the coronavirus vaccines. The U.S. itself has been heavily criticised for hoarding doses. But Mr. Sullivan told the BBC that by the end of this month, the U.S. would have shared far more jabs than either Moscow or Beijing. When it comes down to it, as we have managed to vaccinate the, the majority of our population, we now have the wherewithal to begin to distribute high-quality vaccines, uh, not for any geopolitical favor. Um, We are doing so. They are heading out the door now, and we are rapidly passing both China and Russia in terms of the provision of our vaccines to others. El Salvador has adopted Bitcoin as legal tender, becoming the first country to make it an official national currency. Historic move was approved by Congress, despite the IMF expressing concerns about the potential impact on its lending to El Salvador. An MP from the opposition Arena party, Rodrigo Avia, warned ordinary people could be caught out by fluctuations in the value of Bitcoin. If an employee is paid with Bitcoin, and if he earns $400 one day, and the next day, for whatever reason, it turns out that he only gets $50, when it comes to the time to pay a salary, they will of course convert it to whatever Bitcoin is worth at that moment. Sport and in tennis, defending French Open women's champion Iga Swiatek of Poland has been dethroned. She lost in straight sets to Maria Sakkari of Greece in the quarterfinals, 6-4-6-4. Sakkari will battle unseeded Barbara Krejcikova of the Czech Republic for a place in the final. Krejcikova was straight sets winner over American teenager Coco Golf 7-6-6-3. New South Wales have produced their biggest win in state of origin rugby league history, thumping Queensland 50 points to six in Townsville. Sellout crowd of 27,500 packed the Queensland City's new stadium for the first ever match played in a regional town. And a reminder of our top stories tonight. Experts say they recommend fully vaccinated rivals be tested for COVID antibodies so their quarantine period can be cut to just seven days. Taki Ronnie Chan said he hopes all schools in Hong Kong will use Mandarin for teaching. President Joe Biden is withdrawing a series of Trump executive orders that sought to ban new downloads of WeChat and TikTok. The news from RTHK. Thank you very much indeed. We'll have another update for you just at midnight. And of course on the hour all the way through the night. Peter King with you here on three. Next 45 minutes, a little bit of big band for you, plus the George Mitchell Minstrels, Francis Yip, and the winners are also on the show, as is Johnny Hartman and the band of the Hong Kong Police, would you believe? Hoping to stick around for it all.
If you want to be in touch, and maybe a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. Entertaining Hong Kong since 1985.